0: Wear many hats in life, mother, daughter, wife, ex-wife, caregiver, mom tech, chief cook and bottle washer. In most cases, we're doing all this while holding down a full-time job or even running our own company. It's often high pressure and most always involves stress. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women in high-stress professions where we'll discuss how to manage the stress at work and at home so you can feel happier, healthier and more successful. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence. My name is Esme Lawrence,
1: and welcome to Sprinting to Success podcast. Today on the show, we have my friend, Dr. Sandra Cleveland. Dr. Sandra Cleveland has her PhD, master's degree, and is a registered nurse. She wants to help you build towards your goals. She's a CEO of her own company called Tribe Consulting. She is an author of the upcoming anthology, Shred, Removing the Layers to Live Your Purpose. She mentors health professionals and community through personal, professional enhancement, and health. Dr. Sandra lives in Michigan and is a wife, mom, and sports fitness buff. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, Dr. Cleveland. How are you?
2: I'm well. How are
1: you doing, Miss Asmi? I am good. I am so excited to have you on my show.
2: I'm so excited to be here.
1: I met you in Las Vegas when I took a course from you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it crazy
2: how things work out like that? I, I know. love it. I know.
1: <laughs> I was so fun, and you were so good. You were awesome.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: So please, Sandra, tell me about your childhood.
2: Um, My childhood was good. There were things... For the most part, you know, I was a Type A type personality in terms of child. I was like kind of the, the stereotypical first child, so um, I think perfection and doing things what we consider the correct way was my philosophy at that point in time. Right. Um, so, you know, I did well in school, and but I lived in a um, African American, and I live in a primarily Caucasian environment. So typically, I was. My family was one of the only ones um, who was of a minority status in the the neighborhoods that we were in. So from that standpoint, it was a unique situation only from the standpoint that I kind of grew up that way through that. But then when I went into college and got exposed to different other different cultures and, you know, African-American culture, my culture, it was kind of a almost culture shock to get reacclimated to it. So I think that those are some of the things I came across when i have gone through school. I enjoyed learning. I enjoy sports was my other thing. So I enjoy playing. I enjoyed, I was one of the girls who would probably always want to be better than not just beat the boys. Right. <laughs> In terms of anything that they wanted to do, I could do it better. Mm-hmm. That, that was kind of my philosophy with things. So yeah.
1: Awesome. So what was your favorite sport? Um, you know what, I played
2: so much. So I, I honestly, I loved, love, love, love football. That was my number one, if I could have played and I, we actually tried to, um, and mind you, this is back in the 20th century, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, but was trying to get on the guys football team at that point in time, uh, unsuccessful, but that was one of my goals. Um, basketball was my other love. Yeah, at that point in time. So As you saw when you were with me, I'm on the um, vertically challenged side, so point guard (laughs) was basically my position where I was going to live, but I absolutely love, love, love playing it. And then I did track and field as well.
1: Oh, I enjoyed those three. Oh, I love track and field. That was my sport. So I love sports.
2: Yes, it was. I saw pictures of you and I'm like, oh, I remember, I love (laughs) this. So, yeah, I, I enjoy
1: that. <laughs> oh, oh, that's awesome. We both love sports. So what are some of the challenges you faced in your life, and how did you overcome those challenges?
2: Uh, you know, all of us come across our, our tests. I think one of the tests I came across was going through graduate school. I was married, but during graduate school, I ended up getting a divorce. Um, And I also ended up losing my brother during that time frame. Um, So it was a, it was a tough time. One, you know, leading up to the divorce, part of it was I lost myself. I lost Mm. who the essence of Sandra was in that marriage. And then I think I struggled to find that person. So living through that experience and trying to reintroduce myself to my, to me was, Kind of a big deal at that point in time and then losing my brother it was just him and I you know in terms of the siblings and losing him it was a rough road for me in terms of losing him on top of with the divorce and everything as well so mm-hmm. I think those were things that have shaped me more so to know the strength that I do have um, knowing that I do have the ability to work through that situation. And then I think for me, the ability that I've learned to recognize when I need help.
1: Right. So how did your brother die? Um, A car accident. Oh, yeah. So
2: he, he, yeah. So he was, he was in a car accident unexpectedly. Um, And unfortunately the cop in the, the cop was a wonderful, wonderful individual. He came to my door
1: Yeah.
2: Because the vicinity where my brother was at at the time was very close to actually where I lived. So I was the one who received the news first.
1: How old How old was
2: your brother? He was 31. Oh, that's young. So just really kind of getting into his, you know, his personality, his true self. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was a rough road. And both of us, you know, as we, we fought, like, you know, we were really close in age and you know, brothers and sisters, you're either really, really close to you fought like cats and dogs. We were the latter. Yeah, <laughs> but we loved yeah. each other to death. So we could pick on each other all day long, but nobody could pick on either one of us. We were coming right. back on it. So it was just that type. But as we grew older, we got closer. right? So we would, you know, we would go out and things like that. So to have him be gone, yeah. that it was, it was rough for me. But one of the there's a couple of things that i see mementos or things that kind of held on for me that meant something to me to know that he was okay and so if you don't mind me sharing one of the stories yeah go ahead yeah um so i lost my brother um, and i do share this in my book that is now published but um, i lost my brother in that car accident on january 19th and i received the call um, approximately 5:30 in the morning, but he, his accident occurred probably about an hour earlier than that. And you know, I struggled. Like I said, I struggled with that, and I, I, you know, was wondering, like, you know, praying, praying, woman, and Lord, I just help me understand. I know there's a reason. You know, let me know that he's okay. That was kind of the biggest thing that I wanted to know. Let me know that he's okay. So fast yeah. forward four years. In um, mind, you I had also been divorced. You know. Before that, too. So, fast forward four years from the time that I lost my brother, or gained an angel, and to that time frame, I was remarried, and I ended up being pregnant. And then, with my first child, first child from birth, I should say that um, I gained a child from Earth. That's what I call my my oldest one um, through the marriage.
0: Yeah.
2: So, but my child from birth ended up being born four years to the hour. The same day wow yeah so that was my personal like answer as far as i was concerned like he's okay i'm i'm good yeah. to carry through and everything like that so that to wow. me was the you know i i gained the angel and now i have the angel who watches over my little angel as well so i i and that's wow. i'm good with that now
1: that's amazing what's what are the chances for that happening
2: absolutely absolutely and just wow, and the the irony was she was actually late. <laughs> so, so <laughs> when, when she became late, I was like, yeah, you know, you're gonna wait till my brother's birthday, aren't you?" <laughs> and sure enough, she yeah. did. <laughs> wow, yeah.
1: that's a all, um, that's amazing. So you got your answer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm going back to your divorce. When was it that you that you realized you lost yourself in the marriage?
2: Oh, you know what? I was a pleaser at heart, and everything I tried to do was, and not just to, with the ex, but to everybody. I was just the people pleaser type person, and I saw myself continually trying to please this individual, and it got to the point that, even when I was trying, it was not succeeding. And part of it was me more so, because it was not really me being authentic with myself it was me trying to make sure that everything was okay me trying to make sure that if I felt something was going wrong that I would work to correct it and at that point in time it was just I guess we, you know you're we just young on top of it there are other factors with it but all those things added up and probably part way through the time that we were together it was just like where am I where am I in this Hmm. I I don't know who Sandy is anymore. And that was not my personality at all. So I think partway, probably about halfway through the marriage that time.
1: Wow. Um, So I'm glad that you found yourself.
2: Yeah, but you know what? I'll, I'll say this though, too. And I say this to your audience at any point in time. The other thing we mentioned earlier was I found, I knew when I needed to find help. And so one of the things I do recommend is that when you're going through a hard time, it's okay to ask for help. And I had to do that. And so for me right now, if I would go back to my younger self and say something like that, I, that would have meant the world to me at that point in time. Like Sandy, you are allowed to, it's okay to see somebody else to get you through this stage.
1: Who who did you ask for help? I went to a therapist.
2: I went to a therapist. Awesome. Yep. And I went, I went to and, but it had to get to the point that, you know, when you're ready to reach out for that. And I saw that I was trying to solve everything and everything could not be solved. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes you just need to work through that. And so I was very appreciative of the time that I did spend with the therapist for that.
1: Awesome. So how do you decrease stress in your life? For me, exercise.
2: And remembering who I am. So going back to your hobbies, going back to when you just need to slow down and take a few minutes and just breathe. Just take a few minutes and pull aside. Um, For me, I need to pull away from a situation for a couple of minutes. Um, Just let them know. I just need, give me a couple minutes, I'll be back. Sit there, do some breathing. Walking is for me phenomenal. Just excellent release for me. Working out, I love working out. And I notice the difference for me personally, and I'm sure my my family does too. <laughs> when I yeah. do work out versus when I don't in terms of the stress. Right. Yeah.
1: Definitely. And so how do you juggle a family and a business together? Like how do you do that?
2: You know what? Blocking time for me is my key. One of the things is I'm doing the work because I want things for the family so to me I just have to remember sometimes because you can get involved in your work and you're in the middle of a project and you're thinking this is great and I'm moving forward in the project but part of the reason I'm moving forward in that project is to one help somebody else out but two from a personal standpoint help my family out and show be an example to my kids that you can strive to be what you want to be so me blocking out time is such a key thing for me, and so I do segments of. In my mind, and this this works for me. Others may find you know different blocks of time work for them, but in my mind, tasks are basically assigned at 30 minutes, 45 minutes, or 90 minutes, and I assign them that that amount of time to that task, and I stick with that amount of time. And if I don't finish it, then I put the next amount of time that I need for it on another day. Right yeah
1: so how do you prevent from being too busy
2: that's you know that's a struggle i and i admit that busyness versus and i saw your your write-up regarding busyness so that was perfect timing (laughs) busyness is such a especially for a procrastinator's heart because i will admit i'm definitely a procrastinator at heart so anything Mm -hmm. that i feel like i do in my mind is an accomplishment, but that's not really true. What I learned discern is that there's a difference between busyness versus truly accomplishing a task towards the goal. And so some of those things that I was using, little tasks that I was completing, may have been due to busyness, just so I felt the feeling of accomplishing something. But at the end of the day, I really didn't accomplish anything.
1: Right. So then how do you stay focused on on the main point?
2: Um, For me, I had to narrow down. I think we try to assign ourselves so many things throughout the day or throughout the week that you overwhelm yourself. So I basically assign myself to pushing maybe three things, tasks or goals that I want to get done during that week or that month. And then work backwards yeah. and break it down by what tasks I need to do to achieve that particular weekly or monthly goal. That's usually how I end up doing that now.
1: Right. And do you write it down?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, I use both a pen and paper manual planner because the art of writing it down for me helps me out sometimes. But I, oh, yeah. I will also use electronically, so I will use a program like Trello. Um, where it's organization management, so I can use that at points in time too. so I tend for me I tend to use Trello for the the monthly task, and I tend to use the pen and paper for the breakdown of the goals towards that task
1: right. I also like to um use a schedule because once I finish out uh, a task yeah I, I like to check it off i like it just it just gives me a sense of accomplishment Absolutely. like. Check. Check, check
2: isn't that, that the that best feeling in the world seeing that little check oh i like, love it
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it and sometimes i have a, sometimes i have a bowl where i put all yeah, i write down little stickies and mm-hmm. then all uh, and all the check things i've done i put in the bowl and and then the bowl's getting full i'm thinking i have accomplished a lot you know what <laughs> it just that's gives good it. and
2: kind of those days that i could see myself that would be a great one because seeing those days that you're struggling, you could go back in the bowl and like, yeah, you did
1: get this stuff done. So don't beat yourself exactly. up if you didn't have that day. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I do and I love it. So Sandra, what is your passion?
2: You know what, I think getting to this, my passion is helping others find their passion or get to their goal. So I like, I realize I'm the behind the scenes type person. And so I like yeah. helping folks um, get to where they want to go. And I use educational technology through my business, to help them get to where they want to go. So for instance, you have such great topics in terms of reaching success and spreading to success um, that you may have other offerings. And behind the scenes, what I can do for you is offer things such as online courses or uh, create curriculum or things like that. My other passion is fitness is a huge, huge passion. I believe everybody needs to find their definition of health. I really believe that. And I believe that we need to find our definition of play again. We don't know how to play anymore. We are task oriented. And that's all we tend to work for. And I, and I generalize when I say that, but we really do as adults, especially we tend to find the tasks that we need to do and accomplish those. And we don't know how to just play, relax and play. So one of the things I do is corporate wellness and individuals. I'll do it community wise too. And I'm a certified fitness trainer as well. So I like helping people identify how to get balance back in their life and incorporate play within the work environment, incorporate play within their home environment or You know being able to allow themselves to play again and and that is such an important concept to me that as you know me grown at this stage that i want to get back to play and i want you to recognize that play is okay yeah
1: so then what would you tell them to do like play so what do they do
2: well for instance i'll take them through exercises and I, i get you physical like so I pull them away from their work environment. I pull them to some play type environment. So maybe it's a bounce place with a bounce house and we'll do some other activities surrounding it. But I have activities for all levels, but they're typically worked around concepts of learning. So what I'll do is incorporate things maybe the human resources wants the company to to achieve um, in terms of learning. Maybe it's a manager wanting her unit or his unit to learn this concept. We don't always have to sit in a chair and listen to a lecture to learn. Most of us learn Mm. by not only listening, but seeing and doing. And incorporating play is a way to incorporate all those aspects, incorporate all of our senses in a relaxed environment and then realize that you have learned something in these activities that we go through.
1: Awesome. And so you talk about freedom and failure. What is freedom from failure? Giving yourself permission, giving yourself permission to say,
2: you know what, take a chance. And then giving yourself permission to say, okay, so it didn't work out. That's okay. It's okay that you tried and it didn't work out. Kids, you know, video games, if you're kids and you play video games, that's the premise of it. That's, you you tackle each level and kids work and will go back and forth millions of times to go back and try and conquer that level. But they failed how many mm-hmm. times before they conquered that level? Adults, we used Great. to know how to do that. In our organization's work environment, we're told that we can do that. But the dichotomy of that is is that when we actually something and it's not achieved the way we want it, we need to be able to say that innovation is okay, that it's okay that mm-hmm. it didn't work this time. And that's a lesson that you can move forward with. So that's why I always say it's okay to fail. Failing's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Failing means you, you really have tried something and you stepped out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. for it to happen.
1: Right. And definitely because um, if you're not failing, you're not trying. Right. Because nobody is perfect at, um, at everything. And in order to, um, to get to perfection, you have to fail. You have to do it over and over and over again until you're an expert in something.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, research is saying, and now they're actually starting to taper on that research. They were saying that typically you become an expert in whatever task it is after you've done it 10,000 times. So that was the the research the last couple of years. Now that's starting to change up a little bit again, but that's what they were saying. So recognizing that it takes you so many times to get to that expert stage, you've got to be doing that repeatedly to get there, so.
1: Definitely. And you know, and if you're not um, doing it um, over and over, then you're, you're not gonna remember, right. you know? So you have, to, you have to do something sometimes on a daily basis. And then all of a sudden you become, oh, it's easy. You can do it in your sleep. Absolutely. But um, It took failure for, in order to get there. So Sandra, you're a very successful woman, but what are you still struggling with now?
2: Wow. Um, and thank you for that, that compliment. I think it's just, <laughs> it's welcome. always a growing process, business, learning you know learning how to expand offerings in the business i think and what i mean by that is sometimes as a business person we kind of stay comfortable in our routines just as we do in other areas because you feel comfortable or you're successful in that area and sometimes you need to stretch beyond that so sometimes that growth is painful at times so I think that for me, yeah. um, being a perfectionist is a struggle at points in time for me.
1: Yeah. Okay, um, so you're you have a book that's out, Shred. Tell us about your book. Uh, yeah, so I'm really excited. It's in some anthology. There's ten of us
2: who have um spoken about our different purposes and I speak to why you know my trajectory. I speak to things that were in my past, and I compare. Um, use the analogy. Um, I I am an aspiring bodybuilder, so I use the analogy of going through what they call the shredding process. And the shredding process yeah. basically is looking at how you really are tailoring your diet, you're tailoring your I should say diet nutrition, tailoring your exercise um, regimen, tailoring different aspects. So that you can, in the bodybuilding world, form um, get down the body fat percentage and some other goals that you're trying to achieve, so that you're showing this persona, for lack of a better word, right now. So I use that analogy as I talk and related to things that have occurred in my life, and realizing that yeah. in order for me to grow, I had to get rid of some items, or I had to really um be Organized for lack of a better term, right now, but really understand and learn about myself and know that there's times that you hang on to something and sometimes you just need to let go. And so, I'm learning to let go, and as in the shred, you had to learn mentally and physically things that you needed to adjust to so that you could achieve the ultimate goal. And so, I use that analogy throughout that and talk about how I get. Use those things, the, the things from my past experiences, and have started to work towards my purpose, what I feel my purpose in life is now.
1: Awesome. I can't wait to read that book. Thank you.
2: <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah.
1: Oh, awesome. I, I actually I, I was in an anthology book too, and that was in December, and I was excited. So I know how you feel. So, Sandra, what do you want to share with our audience?
2: Give yourself permission to fail and play, take yeah. the chance. But honestly, take the chance. Sometimes recognizing that kid in you is some of the best things you can remember. Or if you see the kids, they're going to try anything and everything. And within your world, if there is something that you are struggling with, seek help, whether it's a coach, whether it's a therapist, whatever the situation is, recognize that it's okay to get help recognize that everything is supposed to be in balance. So work is important, but so is your family life. So is your spiritual life. So is playing. So I think those are the things that I would really love for folks to get out of this. Understand how you balance your world.
1: Right. Great advice. This is the last question, Sandra. Go back in time to the younger Sandra who felt afraid. What words of wisdom would you give her so she can believe in herself?
2: It's a great question. Um, Thank you. Yeah. um, I think that, you know, what's funny for me was that I think I was braver at that point in time. (laughs) So I would try anything. I didn't have a problem with that. So for me, at this age, going back to my younger self, I would have said, keep that spirit. Keep trying. It's okay. No matter what age you're at, there's no age that says that you have to stop trying. Right. There's nothing predetermined in terms of, you know, expectations from others. That's not your personal expectations. You don't have to live by others' expectations. So go ahead and keep trying. And it doesn't matter if you don't, you know, succeed per se. It's okay to fail with that you didn't have a problem with it before just continue doing that
1: right awesome so sandra thank you so much for joining me today and sprinting to success podcast
2: thank you so much for asking me and it's been an honor talking to you today Esme. oh
1: thank you so much sandra you can find out more about sandra in the show notes on esmelawrence.com also Please sign up for Sprinting to Success Elite Coaching Program on EsmeLawrence.com and learn how to manage challenges in your life so you can live a happier and more successful life. Thank you and have an amazing day.
0: Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to EsmeLawrence.com. That's E-S-M-I-E-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.